Thank you for tuning in to the Highest Praise Church podcast. For more information about Highest Praise Church, please visit highestpraisechurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Sherwood Lancaster. We can't change the world until we learn how to change our world. Y'all better change our world and what, what's in it. And so um, the best way to do that has got to become a, instead of being more, I say this to church people, so, and obviously I'm in church and I'm talking to church people. So um, you, a lot of times we come to church wanting to be more of a consumer mindset. But what we really need to do is cross over and become a producer mindset. Being a producer is very, very important. Um, whatever... God does, he always, I, I, he takes us one level to the next, but he always gives us time to, to learn from one level to the next. That's very important. Whenever we think we go from glory to glory, from seasons to seasons, you have to understand that God gives you an opportunity to, to, to learn. Uh, it, it's like you know, being promoted. Uh, we just started a school year. Everybody starts a new grade because they were promoted. But how many know they, they were at the top of the third grade, but then they start at the bottom of the fourth grade? And they go up or whatever grade, you know, you're in. And, and, and once you, you, you understand that God, even like we do with school, they give you an opportunity to allow you time to, to learn things. God always loves when he promotes us for us to learn things. So I think one of the things that God, when he calls us to a larger place and allows us time to grow into it, we need to realize that it comes through him. It comes through his revelation. Promotion um, comes by revelation comes by re- revelation. We think, we think it comes from everything else, but it comes from revelation. you got to hear what God is saying. And when you hear what God is saying, he gives you time to reproduce it or to compute it on what God is saying. We must have wisdom. Proverbs 24 and 3 says that if we're going to build anything, we've got to build it upon wisdom. Wisdom is, it gives us understanding. Wisdom gives us clarity so we know how to build things. If we don't receive that wisdom, uh, then we can't do the things that God would have us to have. So we must pursue the wisdom of God and not just the power of God. If there was a line over here to receive the power of God, everybody would be running to it. And there'd be a, I'm sure the line over here for the wisdom of God would probably be shorter than the line wanting power. But the people that's receiving wisdom, not only they're going to receive wisdom, but they're going to receive power later on. And they're going to keep it. The people over here that's receiving power, they're going to lose it because they don't have the wisdom to contain it. And to have it. And so with that, we realize that God gives us the, the ability to, to re- receive not only just power, but we got to pursue wisdom. So we're really after is wisdom. And when God we pursue wisdom, God gives us the power. So that's how we change the world. And I'm going to go to um, uh, Matthew chapter number 16. I'm going to go to verse 17. I'm going to read out the Passion Translation. I'm actually going to uh, refer to from a New King James. So I have both following open. You know it's going to be a good, you know we got a lot to do when we got two Bibles up here. So what the preacher's doing grabbing two Bibles up there? Man, man got two, he got two swords up there. Find all kinds of devils. Matthew 16. I'm going to start, I guess, with 16. Simon Peter spoke up and said, Now this is, this is after Jesus asked him, who do, who do people say that I am? You know, it, around a bunch of people. Who do people say that I am? And everybody started, you know, everybody started screaming out stuff. You know, you're, you're this and you're that. You're, you're Isaiah. You're, you're all this. There's a bunch of stuff. And then, um, and then Jesus says in, in Matthew 16 and 16, but, but Peter spoke up and said, You are the anointed one, the son of the living God. That was a big deal. And Jesus replied and says, You are favored and privileged, Simon, son of Jonah, or Jonah's son. For you didn't discover this on your own, but my Father in heaven has supernaturally revealed it to you. How many knows that God can supernaturally reveal things to you? He can bypass your mental telepathy, your mental understanding. He can bypass what other, you know, your ears and what you're, what you're trying to hear through that. And he can supernaturally reveal that to you. I mean, that's how, that's how, we, that's how God promotes. He po- promotes on revelation by what we're hearing from him. And so here we see that Simon is getting ready to, to, to he, he get ready to receive a promotion because he's, he's receiving it. So you're supernaturally revealed to you. And I give you the name, because of that, I give you the name Peter, which is a stone. And this truth of which I am will be the bedrock of the foundation on which I will build my church and my legislative assembly. I love that, that legislative, how they, they, uh, that translation, that his government. If you talk, talking about government, you're talking about order. You're talking about power. And so we see that 
that the, the kingdom of heaven is, a, is legislative and is, it has is authority, has power. And he says, just legislative assembly that, that I give you my church and the power of death will not be able to overcome it. The power of death. How many love to have something that, that, that death can't overcome? That the devil can't, with everything he has, the wages of sin is death. The number one penalty for sin is death. And whatever God gives us, just, just revelation, this power that he gives us, the enemy, can't, the enemy can't stop it. So we must move from being a consumer mindset to the mindset of a producer. And that's how, we, that's how we change the world. That's how we do what God's called us to do. So being a producer. 2 Timothy chapter number 1 verse 6. I want to pick up there as well because this is, this is Paul. And Paul, is in, he's in prison. He's in prison. His, his great missionary journey is coming to an end. And he's raised up several different contemporaries, one of them which is Timothy. And he spoke to Timothy and he said, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gifts of God which is in you. That is, that is stir up the gifts of God that is in you. I mean, sometimes we got to stir up our gifts. Key words there is, well, there's a bunch of key words here. Stir up the gift which is in you. Stir up the gift that is in you. Now, this word here actually means you break it down in the Greek here. It actually it has, has the understanding of, of poking at embers in a fire. So if you've got a fire pit and you poke, because those embers are sitting there and it looks like they're growing cold and they're getting ready to burn out. But if you get a poker and you start, and you start just poking them, I mean, those, they'll flame back up. It'll flame back up, and it won't grow cold. And that's what we have to do. Sometimes our gifts, which is on the inside of us, what God has placed us on the inside of us, grows cold, and we have to stir it up. That's why you come to church. That's why you can't just stay home. That's why I thank God for the internet. Thank God for all the different devices we have. But sometimes you've got to get somewhere that's going to poke you a little bit. Who am I preaching to this morning? How many he's poking this morning? Men, bring out my pokers. No, I'm joking. <laughs> stirring up. Stirring up those embers. You don't need new embers. You just need to stir up the one that God's already given you. You need to get on fire what God has already given you. Um, and, and, and so you can, you know, that, that is it's talking about here your impact. What your gifts, what God has given you on the inside of you. That's your influence. That's your impact. How many wants to be an influencer of the kingdom of God? This legislative branch of the kingdom of God, this government of God that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. Whenever you allow your embers to get cold, then what happens is, is that you lose, you're losing your impact and you're losing your influence. What happens to the church whenever we just come and be consumer-minded and not producer-minded, then we don't know how to stir up our coals. We don't know how to stir the gifts in us. We don't know how to poke our embers, and we, we lose our influence, and we lose our impact. But I got good news for you this morning. God, is, God has a Holy Ghost poker this morning. He's, he's got a device that he's poking us. He's, he's stirring us up. He said, I want you to stir up not something that someone else got. I want you to stir up what you have. So you can be an influencer on your job. You can be an influencer in your house. You can be a, we just, that's why we start just been talking about our whole parenting series. So that you can be the, the one that is empowered. You can be the influencer. You can be the one that has impact upon your life and what God has given you. And this is what he's, this is what Paul is telling Timothy. Make sure no matter what you do, because how many know sometimes the, the enemy, he, he blows a little wind on you and our embers just goes out. He, he sprinkles a little water on us and our, our influence and, 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 and our impact begins to, begins to dwindle away. But he says that we are to stir the gift of God, which is in us. John 7, 38 says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Where? Out of us. So it's in us. So it's very important that we realize that our challenge is to get an outflow of what is already in us. That's what the enemy is trying to do. He's trying to clog up the outflow that is already in us. Have you noticed you got some stuff in you? You, I'm talking to Christians right now. You got some stuff in you. Well, actually, I'm talking to even people who's not Christian called the gifts and callings are of God. They're without repentance. <laughs> I mean, there's people doing the funky chicken on tables last night in Myrtle Beach that, that has gifts and callings of God. Huh? I mean, that was when you were doing the disco duck, you still had the gifts and callings of God upon you. I mean, remember the disco duck. <laughs> Old disco duck. He was a bad dude, wasn't he? What happened to him? You're not being defeated with what you went through. If you are defeated, it's because of what you're failing to produce. 
No, 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 preacher. It's what all I went through. It's because of that marriage didn't work out. It's because of that relationships, because I didn't get that promotion. It's, it's because that they just don't like me. It's because my family thinks, you know, I'm weird. It's all this stuff. Honey, you're not being defeated because of that. If you are defeated, it's because you did not learn how to produce out of it. God don't cause it. He allows it. And whatever he allows to happen, I mean, you're not defeated because of what happened. Anything that God allowed, every test is for the promotion. We're talking about promotions, right? Every test is for, if you can pass the test, you'll get a promotion. Don't allow the test to defeat you. Your test can't defeat you. All your test can do from God is promote you. And if you're being defeated because you refuse to take the test, you refuse to finish the test, well, if you're like me, sometimes I ain't even put my name on it. Forget it. Here, take it. I'd rather get a zero. This is going to be worse than a zero. How can you get worse than a zero? He sends all kinds of distractions. If he can tie us up, we don't have any outflow. Then he cuts our impact. He cuts. He cuts our influence. But my ability to change is always on the inside of me. That's why Philippians 2.13 said, It is the God that is in you to both do and will his good pleasure. It's to God where? In you. Ephesians. What does Ephesians say? Ephesians 3 and 20. For unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I can even ask or think according to that power which is flowing through my pastor right now this morning. I'm glad I'm here to hear him. Through that great worship team, I'm able to do it seemingly, abundantly, above all that I can ask or think according through that, that power which is flowing through my worship team, which is flowing through my church, which is flowing through whatever my boss, my supervisor tells me tomorrow. No, through that power which is at work on the inside of you. Everything you need to be exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or think is already in you. And the devil can't stop that. But what he can stop is the outflow. It's not doing any good on the inside of you. You got to get it out. You got to get it. It's within us. So we can have great gifts, but if you never figure out how to get them flowing. You, all you'll have is great potential, and great potential will be all you ever have. Some people that can't get those gifts, the influence and the impact of their life, what God has given them, if you can't get it going 10 years from now, all you're going to have is potential. You know what's wrong with the church of 2022? We got too many people that are sitting on their potential. I know you think you're sitting on something else, but you're sitting on your potential. And we got to get off our potential. We got to turn that potential into a destiny. We got to turn it into a, a, an inheritance. We got to we got to turn it into something that we can do something great for God. How many wants to do something great for God? Well, the enemy's trying to stop that. He's trying to stop that. And if I can get it out of me, I can create a world that I never thought that I could ever live in. If I could get what's on the inside of me, out of me. Because I, the Bible's under said that, that out of my belly shall flow rivers of living water. That, that I can do it seemingly abundantly above all I can ask or think according to that power which is on the inside of me. If I can get what's on the inside of me, outside of me, there's a world out there I've never seen. There's something, if we can look at our children and, and we can realize God has given them great gifts, God has given them great influence, God has given them great impact, and the enemy is trying to stop that greatness. But if we can get what's on the inside of them, on the outside of them, there's a world that we have no idea, what, but God has it already figured out. Hmm. It's all based on revelation. Revelation, don't come from power, it belongs to revelation. Genesis 25 and 27. Genesis 25 and 27. How many wants to be an influencer and impact for the kingdom of God? You got to want to. You got to want to. So here we're talking about, we're talking about these two boys right here. So the boys grew. And Esau was a skillful hunter. Remember Esau? He was a skillful hunter. And a man of the field. But Jacob was a mild man just dwelling in tents. Esau was a skillful hunter. But we know the story. You remember the story, right? This is the story where Esau came in from the field. 
He came in from the field. He was a skillful hunter. He could, he could, he could kill anything. He was just, he was just, pew, he just, pew, just taking on out. The problem was he didn't know how to create or make what he could, what his skill set was to produce for him. I mean, he can bring in a, he can go out there and kill a deer, but he didn't know how to make that deer be productive to him. And because of that, he lost his inheritance. He lost his birthright. Esau knew how to kill it, but he didn't know how to turn it into something that would feed him and produce for him. We know how to take what God had. We can have gifts, and we can know what our gifts are, but if we don't know how to turn that into something that will feed us and produce for us, then we will just roll over to anything that comes up and wants to steal our birthright, wants to steal our inheritance. We can have gifts, but how we can sing songs, we can, we can, we can worship, we can serve at the church, we can build great businesses and do what God's called us to do, but if we can't call, make it be productive for me and feed me, then the enemy can use anything to take it away from us. You got to use what you've got. Honey, if nobody else likes your praise, you got to make sure you love your praise. If you don't like your, if nobody else likes your worship and your style of dancing, your style of praise, your hands up, you got to realize that you're using what God has given you to feed you and to produce you. Quit worrying about what it's doing to everybody else and say, wait a minute, I got to produce for myself because I'm not going to make it to Tuesday if I don't know how to use what God has given me on Sunday to feed me and produce for me. I'm going to kill my kids if I don't learn how to learn how to do what God has given me. I'm going to take them out. I brought them in. I can take them out. Whoo, got some glory going now. Well, you can't. You go to jail. But other than that, I understand. If we never learn how to be a producer of the gifts that is in you and convert those skills into something that will produce for us, the enemy would just take us out with any and everything that comes our way. And it would be because you never became a producer with the skills that you have. What is the skills that we have? Simply, whatever, whatever causes you to have an impact, whatever causes you to be an influencer, it's the revelation of God. It's what God has told you. It's what's in you. It's what you're carrying. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. Let's go a little bit deeper. Now, this is a commandment. How many knows there's a difference between a suggesting and a, and a commandment? If I suggest you go this way, or do something, then it's just a It's up to you. But if it's a commandment, you command it to happen. I mean, you know, it's like your kids. Sometimes when you tell them to do something, they think it's a suggestion. No, son, that was a commandment. You better get your butt in there and do what I told you to do. Right? It was a different, right? There's a difference. And so here, this is a commandment. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continue to be in my mouth. That's a commandment. Let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. That's a commandment. There's commandments God gives us. It's not a suggestion. It's a, it's a commandment. And so here is a commandment. And this is in Genesis 1. How many know that's the beginning of the book? Yeah? Eight of you. We're, we're, we're doing good now. At least you know what book is, is, is first. It's Genesis. And we're talking about the Bible here. Then God blessed them, Adam and Eve. And God said to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful means to be a producer. Be productive. Be productive for what I've given you. And multiply what I've given you. It's not one thing just to be a producer, but everything that God gives you to produce, he gives you the ability to multiply it. And so now we read it. He's saying, here's a commandment. Be fruitful or be a producer and multiply it. Learn how to multiply whatever you do. I, I'm, I, I'm walking in my gift right now. This is, this is a gift that I have to get up here and, and, and teach you and to be your pastor. It's what God has gifted me with. It's, it's what I enjoy do. It's, it's easy for me to get up here and, just, and just, just do it. But guess what? I can't just sit on it. I have to be a producer of it. I have to figure out what I'm giving you today. How can it produce for me and, and, and feed me? Because if I can learn how what God has gifted me with to feed me and produce me, then I can, I can impact and influence an entire generation. 
And so he says, he says to them, he said, whatever you do, make sure you're fruitful. Make sure you're productive and make sure you multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. You read it this way. He said, I want you to be, I want you to be fruitful. I want you to be productive. And I want you to multiply what you're being productive with. And anything that tries to come up and stop it, I want you to subdue it. Whatever tries to stop you from being the mother or the father that God's called you to be, you need to subdue it. Whatever it tells you and tries to stop you from being the Christian that you know that God has called you to be and called you to do, you got to learn how to subdue it. Whatever gives you, whatever God, the joy that God's gave you, you need to multiply that joy. The faith that God has given you, you need to, you need to be productive with it and you need to multiply it. Learn how to use that joy to feed you and strengthen you and anything that tries to come up and stop it you need to learn how not to put it in your ear but to put it under your feet and stomp on that thing because if he can stop you from being productive and multiplying then he can stop you from overcoming the things in your world hmm? and that's what he's trying to do he says be fruitful and multiply fill the earth and to do it have dominion over it over what over the th- everything around you over your world how many of you are supposed to have dominion over it you plus to have power over it. Whatever enemy comes in to kill, sin, and destroy, because you are productive and you know how to multiply that productivity, anything that tries to come up, which is the enemy, and tries to talk you out of your inheritance, try to t- talk you out of, of, of what it is that God, your destiny, then you have the power and realize you have the power to put it under your feet. And then you start saying stuff like, I will bless the Lord at all times. I am the head and not the tail. I am able to do it seemingly abundantly above all that, that he asked and think of me. I do have joy and I do have faith. I do have the ability to raise my kids and, and be a good husband and be a good wife and be a good businessman. Whatever God's called me to be, I not only know how to do it, but I know how to be productive with it. Amen? Because if he can stop it, just like with Esau, if he can stop you from being able to use what God, he don't mind you coming in here and praising him. He don't, he don't mind you here throwing your hands up while ago and says, oh, I love you. Oh, how I love you. It, that, that don't bother him. He just don't want you to use it for your benefit. Just sing it. Don't own it, sing it. Don't believe it, but sing it. <laughs> When you start owning it, then he says, oh, wait a minute, I got this stuff. He, but you know what's happening? Because what's, if you start believing what's in here and get it out there, oh, I can do this because he loves me. I can overcome this because he loves me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to succeed in this marriage, not fail in this marriage because he loves me. I'm going to raise these kids in the way they should go because he loves me. And now you start realizing that what he has given you, you can use to strengthen yourself and to feed yourself. He's trying to stop the outflow. We can sit in here with a packed building two and three services a week. That doesn't bother him. When we start using it to feed ourselves and strengthen ourselves is when, uh uh-oh, he has a problem. Hmm? All right, the next next verse, Genesis 2. In the Genesis 2, we go into Genesis 2, and then we realize over in Genesis chapter number 2, verse, um, uh, well, actually Genesis, yeah, 2 and 10. Now a river... A river went out of Eden. This is very important. Because we have to realize that, that we don't, that God doesn't promote us based on anything but by revelation. Revelation is what you've heard. So here, a river went out of Eden. Eden was the place into the garden. Now we start reading in Genesis, we realize that there was a garden in Eden. Okay, so the garden was like in Eden or outside of, outside of Eden. But there was a river, there was a river that went out of Eden to water the garden. So there was a river, and from there it parted and became four rivers. Oh, hallelujah. There is a river that flows from Emmanuel's veins. Remember the old hymn? See, there's a river for every child of God. It's called the Spirit of God that flows on the inside of you. Because see here, the Eden, Eden represents heaven, and in the garden represents our inner man. Every Christian in here, you have, you have a river, the river of God that flows on the inside of you. But watch this. It, don't, it flows in as one river, but it leaves as four. What is that telling us? That one river, God has the power to multiply 
one stream into four streams. Everything that God gives you has the ability, has the potential, not like another word, has the destiny to be multiplied. Everything God gives you will be multiplied. Whatever joy gave you, God didn't give you just to hang on till Tuesday. God gave it to you to multiply that joy until it's joy unspeakable and full of his glory. It does not, you can't even comprehend how good that, that, that joy is. Shouldn't be happy, shouldn't be joyful. That faith that God gave you, every stream of faith that comes into you, it just branches out and begins to multiply. And it, come, it goes in one way, but it comes out four. It comes out eight. It comes out 12. And the enemy can't stop the one river, but he tries to clog up the four rivers. That's why the Dead Sea is dead. Teach it all the time. Years ago, the first time I did it, about 30 years ago, there was that we understood there was three or four rivers that the Tigris and the Jordan River, all these little rivers, they just, they just went into the, the Dead Sea. But it's dead. Was it dead? Because some thousands of millions of years ago, that, that the, the, the shelf line there of the, of the ocean around the Mediterranean Sea, it, it shifted somehow or another. And it, and it literally created a wall there and it, and it separated it set what is now the Dead Sea from the Mediterranean Sea. And then they always knew it was, it was, they couldn't figure out why it was dead because they had several different rivers that went into it. Well, a lot of those rivers now has dried up. The Jordan River, as they have diverted into now, it's actually most of that water goes in to, to feed Israel, to, to, to water Israel. And, and they're using most of that water. There's not enough water to go in there. And so they're still trying to figure out, well, it's not really, you know, it's still, still, they're still, it should be dried up, but it's, it's not yet. They're trying to figure out what's going to happen. And they got divers in there a couple of years ago and they went there and found out that deep down, this is the lowest part of the earth, the Dead Sea. Deep down, they found out that there was, there, was, there was fresh water popping up from under the ground, feeding the dead, dead sea. Well, if there's fresh water coming up, why is it still dead? Because there's no outlet. See, you can come to church this morning and throw your hands up and worship. But as long as you don't use it to be productive for yourself, as long as you don't use it to feed yourself about Tuesday when you really need what God has given you right now, the enemy can handle you. It's when you start using what you're being taught right now, you start using it this week, that the enemy don't know what to do with you. The enemy can stop a non-productive Christian, but, give, but let a productive Christian stand before him. He cannot, no weapon formed against you will be able to prosper. He can't stop it. Sit here and sing the songs and clap and get right back in the car and say, oh, woe is me. It's going to be a hell of a week this week. Now, how am I going to make it? Now, how, what's going to happen to my children? I'm going, to, I'm going to go home and start dealing with the same mess again. No, you leave out of here. We should be putting the doors back on the hinges. We should kick the thing open and say, let me come out here. I've got some stuff. I'm not going to sit there and let the enemy use me anymore. I've got something I can feed. I've got something I can produce because God gave me me to be a skillful hunter and I'm not going to be like Esau. I'm going to use what God has given me to feed me. Throw social media in the garbage can where it belongs and quit worrying about how you feed everybody else. All this, all this just K-Sarah-Sarah mess. If you Doris Day fans, if you don't know who that is, then you... And I say, God, I... I got to learn how to, for this to feed me because we're so, we're just so, we're so predictable. He be sits right here and waits for you because we've, for us, we got one flow coming in. It is the Holy Spirit. But usually we got maybe one flow coming out. And the devil's sitting right there waiting for you to come out under the same little flow and he just smashes like a bug. There you go. Get, get, back, get back in there. Get back in there. Get your potential back in there. Go back and sing your songs. But when it comes out four, the gate he used to be at to stop you, you ain't coming out that gate because now you learn how to multiply. You learn how to be fruitful and multiply what God has given you. And then you're coming out over here. He tries to stop your faith, but then this week you lead, you're going you're gonna to run off of joy. So he runs to the joy gate. Wait a minute. No, now you come out of faith. And then he tries to stop faith. Now you say, no, this week I'm going to live off of praise. Because I had to come here. You ever had a week, you just got to praise your way through it. 
Oh, come on, somebody. This don't make any sense whatsoever, the mess I'm going through. If I can't, let me go to the bathroom because I just got to praise in the bathroom somewhere. I got to get, get the, let me get in the car. Let me just praise my And then he stands at the praise gate, and then you come in. He said, well, I'll just worship him then. Oh, God, I just thank you, Lord, because you are my strength. You are my carrier. You are the one who lifts my head. Every gate he comes to, you keep multiplying other gates, and after a while, he realized he can't stop you because you're fruitful and you multiply and you know how to subdue the rascal. But this, this predictive stuff and not know how to reproduce, the best way to destroy something is to replace it. You want to destroy something? Don't just kill it. Our problem is, is we'll kill it. Oh, we think we've killed it. Oh, yeah, I stopped this week. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be depressed this week. I'm not going to be doubtful this week. I'm not going to be dragging this week. Yeah, you want to destroy it, but it don't destroy it. It comes back. You know why? Because you don't replace it. Replace that doubt with faith. We replace that negativity with positivity. Come on, church. We place that fear, doubt, and unbelief with praise and worship. Talking about, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. You want to destroy it? Replace it. Replace what you want out of your life with something that you need in your life, and you'll see that thing so far gone, you forget it ever even existed. Huh? Yeah, I came in here. I, I gave them all my sorrows. I'm trading my sorrows. Read the rest of it. For the joy of the Lord. Best way to destroy something, boy, you, people come in here, yeah, I'm over it. No, when they come in here and they're the first one with their hands up, they're worshiping God, you're glorifying God, what have you done? You destroyed it. How do I know you destroyed it? Because you replaced it. Everything the devil said you couldn't be, you become. Everything the devil said you couldn't have, you now have. And you, you, it's not your potential anymore, it's now your destiny. You become what you're meant to be when you do what you were meant to do. I say you become what you're meant to become when you do what you're meant to do. You're not meant just to sit there and this be a disaster waiting to happen. You are supposed to be the person that's able to do and flows out of becoming. Becoming is more important than doing. I am a producer to what God has given me because I received him. And God, God changed. Go to 2 Corinthians 4.18. I got to finish. 2 Corinthians 4.18. Everybody everybody receive this. We got to take what God's given us and run with it. Let's go a couple more deeper. I'll get you out here. While we do not look at the things which are seen. I mean, we just love to look at what we see. And this ain't going to happen because look, it's a mess. But while we look at things that are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. But the things which are not seen are internal. We don't look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Why? Because the things which we see are temporary, and the things we do not see are is eternal. Don't let what the enemy is showing you on the outside predetermine how your life's going to be. It's what's on the inside of what you don't see that's eternal. You don't know what God has for you, but you can feel it on the inside of you. Revelation has to be personal before it becomes powerful. We want a revelation from God. We want it to be powerful. No, it's got to be personal. You got to take it and not get up there and start grabbing. The stuff people put on their fake book and everything else. I mean, no, that's not mess. That's just mess. Leave it alone. It's those things you don't know about that person they're carrying around. It's those little secrets that God told you. It's what God told. It's what God told Simon, and Simon would have never said it until God asked him. It's it's the revelation of God that you receive from Him that has become personal. That what makes it so powerful. What keeps me going for twenty years in the same church is not what people have said and what I can see. It's what I cannot see. And God says, and it's personal to me. I can't quit because it's personal. I can't pack up and leave and go somewhere else because it's personal. I know whom I have believed in. I know I'm persuaded that He is able to guard against that which He has promised me. Amen. It becomes personal. It becomes personal. 
It's not because of the things that we cannot see it's the, or we can see. It's because of what we cannot see. The things that we're seeing pop up around here are things that we could not see. But we know that can, the whole reason why we're building a school right now and we've already got it full as soon as we get into it. We're already on next phase. Where it goes, you know the reason why? Because we saw it four or five years ago. And now it's there. You know what? There's things going to pop up right here four or five years ago that is invisible on inside of me. I haven't seen it yet, but it's personal. There's some things and promises that God has has for you that you haven't seen yet but you know it's coming it's bubbling on the inside of you you realize you know this marriage is going to last you know this child is going to love God with all their heart won't know why because God has given you some revelation and revelation is what promotes you not power you can't have power without revelation okay mark 4 so how do we get it mark 4 24 a couple more scriptures then Jesus said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use it, you will be measured, will be measured to you. The same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. Oh, hallelujah. What you hearing? I said, what are you hearing? Are oh, we hearing a bunch out there, Pastor? There's a lot of stuff going on out there. I mean, I'm telling you, there's all kinds of stuff out there. No, what are you hearing? Simon, going back to our scripture, Matthew 16 and 17. He said, blessed are you, Simon. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father. The word Simon there, the word Simon was, was, his, was, 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 was his name, his, his formal name. It actually means he who hears. Blessed are you who hear. Because out of the fact that you can hear, the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. And so now his identity, his former name is Simon, but Jesus identifies him as the rock. See, what you hear will change your former name. Oh, let me back up this way. What you hear will change your identity. They call you divorced. They call you fired. They call you unsuccessful but because you have you have the ability to hear God identifies you with something somebody 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 totally different oh I know that I know your former name is Simon but Jesus says no you're a rock come on somebody why is he a rock because he has the ability to hear Rock me, rock, rock me rock means you have the gates of hell so he wasn't the rock he knew the rock the rock is the revelation. The rock is the ongoing revelation. The fact that you hear what God is saying amongst a crowd of people all around Jesus. And Jesus is like, hey, 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 y'all come down for a minute. Everybody say a lot of stuff about me. Who do y'all say I am? Oh, you might be Elijah. You might be, you know, Isaiah. You might be, you know, you're just a cool dude, man. I'm glad to hang out with you. You're the man. That's who you are. You're the man. And then all of a sudden, and through all of that, through all of that, Simon hears a whisper of God. I mean, knows through all the doctors telling you stuff and through all your friends telling you stuff and, and all the people at work telling you stuff and all the news media telling you stuff, that through all of that stuff, you can still hear the whisper of God. Yeah. And whenever you realize and you take it as personal, this is the whisper of God for my life, that now your identity has changed and you become like Peter. You become a pebble and that pebble becomes a rock to which the gates of hell shall not prevail against. Not upon Peter. The Catholic Church thinks, I apologize to all my Catholic brethren, but, but it's not Peter. It's Jesus. Y'all know they understand that, but you understand that. But, 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 but only that Peter had to do was is the fact that he heard. You're just as powerful as Peter this morning because you have the ability to hear. And if you can function that ability to hear, as long as you have the ability to hear and receive and have the revelation of God, Got good news for you. The gates of hell cannot prevail against you. I mean, this ain't Dr. Feelgood. I ain't say he wouldn't come against you. Let's clean that up. I ain't say he wouldn't come against you. I said he wouldn't prevail against you. Amen? I hear Jesus saying, oh, it ain't that I can't stop him from coming against you. I just won't. Because it's what you learn it's what you learn through the trial that's going to
promote you to the next level. And I'm not going to stop it from coming, but what I will stop it from doing is prevailing against you. You just make sure you're listening to me. And as long as you're here, as long as you're here, everything's going to be all right. Amen? I don't want by what I see. I want by what I hear. Revelation has to be that personal thing that you have first. Want to know why? It is God in me. It doesn't matter who or what is on outside of me because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen? doesn't matter what's coming out of me from the outside because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. My world is created by what is not what is just in me, but what is coming out of me. It's important what you're saying. It's very important what you're saying. I have to, but you've got to spend more time this week listening than you're saying. Right? Make sure you're hearing what God is saying before you say it. And if you can't speak first, the thing they check. If you can't speak, if, if you got a child that can't speak, they call it, they call it dumb because you can't speak. You know what the first thing they check? You what? The hearing. The hearing. A child can't speak. He ain't been speaking. He's three. You don't say a word. Well, come here. Let's look in his ears. Check his ears out. See, see what we're hearing or what we're not hearing is what controls what we're speaking. Every time you're speaking negativity and fear and doubt and unbelief, as your pastor, I wish, you, I wish it was this way. This self-appointment, women, when you come in, I got this spiritual thing you look in your ear with. I have no idea what it's called. Any, what's it called? Anybody? A what? Uh, odoscope. 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 Okay, I'll just, I'm just sticking with Odoscope. I got that one. Odoscope. Am I saying it right? You take your spiritual otoscope. <laughs> so it'd be awesome every time y'all was just everything negative, everything doubtful, everything fearful. You come set up on me. Set up on me means then you call the office and then you come to my office and I'll you know I'll, I'll call your name. You know, like an hour and a half after your appointment was supposed to be. I'll keep it real. Then make you sit in my office for another thirty minutes before I actually come in. And then when I come in, I'm going to have my spiritual otoscope. Because I'm going to look in your ears. And when I look in your ears spiritually, and all you got is fear, doubt, and unbelief, I'm going to say, well, there's a little devil in there just telling you all the kind of crummy mess you shouldn't be listening to. Oh, here's some old friends over here. I see them over here in the corner. They're telling you everything that you never would be. Oh, here's another old demon up there that's trying to, trying to remind you that your grandmother was that way and your grandpapa was that way and mama was that way. You got an aunt that way. Give me those spiritual tweezers. They're still tweezers, right? I'm using my otoscope and I'm going to stick my odo tweezers in there. We're going to grab them little rascals and we're going to subdue them and put them under our feet because they're causing us not to produce and multiply. We're going to take another one. I'm going to put them in here. And once I clean out your ears good, and say, how does it feel? You can say, oh, it feels good. It feels so much better. You know what? I can hear God talk, okay? Well, go your way now and hear what God says. When you start opening your now you can start speaking something totally different than what you're what hearing. Want to know why? Because you change your hearing. You know what the church needs to do? We need to start hearing what thus saith the Lord and quit worrying about what the world says. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. And don't listen to anything else because God can do it. Amen. Just remove that fear. Remove that doubt. Remove that unbelief because he's trying to stop you from being a producer. You know, it always happens spiritually before it happens naturally. Oh, then I got a good patient comes in. I mean, this person, every time they come to church, they're just, they're just shouting and praising and glorifying God, asking to do something. Yes, pastor, I would love to do that and just take off and doing it. Just have to calm them down for all the zeal that they have. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call him in my office. I'm going to say, come here. Let me get my spiritual odoscope out. And look in your ears. When I look in there, 
You ain't going to find no little doubt in there. You ain't going to find a little demon of fear in there. You ain't going to find what somebody else said in there. Want to know why? Because you destroyed it and you replaced it with a, with a river of God that flows on the inside of you. Be, uh, I told first service, it'd be like looking in there and just say, wait a minute, you've got a river in that ear. And that river goes through your head. It goes all the way through the microwaves and the stars. It goes all the way through heaven. My God, it's around the throne room of God. Whatever you're hearing, it's coming straight from the throne room of God. And what Whatever you're hearing is what you're going to speak. And what you speak is going to change your world. Amen? All right, last scripture. Everybody stand. I'll give you one more scripture. Because I like this one. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. How many knows that God has secrets about you? They're not secret. They're not secrets from you. They're secrets for you. How many knows God has kept some things hidden, not from you, but for you? Huh? How many knows my son right here? There's things that I have for him I wanted him to have. I couldn't give to him until he was able to handle what it was I gave him to give him. So you knew your kids. Oh, I would love to give them this right now. Oh, I love them to have. I got to wait. They're not able to handle it. Not able to handle it. God's got some things he wants to give to you. But he's waiting for you to mature. He's waiting for you to hear in the seasons you are right now. And once you grow in that other season, and then he'll start revealing you those things not that he's hidden from you but he's hidden for you amen the other day I went in the closet Kim bought these little little scooter things you know little scooters little scooters huh yeah for the kids not for me for the kids (laughs) hey what's this you know she got them and then I guess they're for like Christmas or whatever. We won't, we really won't hide that from them. We'll hide that for them. <laughs> whatever hidden we thought. Till yesterday, we were moving around with some stuff, and she says, Hey, take those up in the attic. Okay, so I grabbed and I picked it up. Either we got a huge rat, or one of the kids has found it and was trying to open the, get in that box a little bit and find out what it was. So anyway, no big deal. So I take them, look at here. They're They're trying to get in here and see what this is. That's what we need to do with the things of God. We should always be trying to preach in here. What you got for me, God? What you have? I can't see it, but I know there's something in there. I know it's something for me. No, no, you ain't ready for it yet. You ain't ready for it yet. It's not, it's, it's not, it's not for fall. It's not for Thanksgiving. It, it's for Christmas. Once you get there, once you get to that point, he'll give it to you. That's what it does have. Anyway, so this right here said the secret things belong to the Lord our God. He has secret. But the things which are revealed belongs to us. So revelation, once he get, he's got it hidden, but once you graduate to the point that he reveals to you, it now belongs to you. You're going to make it. You're going to be a good mother. You're going to be a good father. You're going to be a good husband. You're going to be a good wife. You, you're going to be successful. You're, you're going to be the head, not the tail. You're going to, be above. You're going to influence and impact an entire kingdom of people for God because that's why he, he's now revealed it to you. And it's not only for us, but it's to our children forever. It belongs to us and to our children forever that we may do all the works of his word. God has secrets that he reveals to us and it's not just for us it's for us and our children how many wants the things that God has prepared for not only us but our children too amen come on put your hands together and magnify the Lord come on let's decree it this morning God I receive the things you have for me God and it's not just for me it's for my children and my children's children God it's not just for the here and for the now God it's for generations come on
this morning? Do you believe this? We'll give God a hand clap of praise for his word this morning. Amen. I'm telling you, we're building something. You're building something. Be quick to hear and slow to speak. It's my assignment for you this week. And every time the enemy starts putting some stuff in there, I, I, I got the power to do this. I'm your pastor. Father, I release spiritual otoscopes. Well, y'all put your ear, you're putting your ears and your eyes. Does that have something to do with Odo? What's, what's that? Oh, okay. It's past my vocabulary. Okay, whatever. When the wrong things come out of your mouth, start checking your hearing. And the best way to destroy it is to replace it. Amen. Replace it with something good, something pure, something awesome. Replace it with the things of God. And what defines you is not what comes in you, it's what comes out of you. But you can't push it out of you if it's not in you. But it's in you. Get ready to push out some glorious things that God has for you. Amen. Hey, if you need prayer, get ready to bless you. After this blessing, if you need prayer, we want to minister to you today. And if you need ministering too, I got some awesome prayer workers up here. They would love for you, man. They would love to just remove those those little voices just to, to tell the enemy he's a liar to remind you you're the head and not the tail you're the bulb and not beneath that you're here to do great and mighty things and just to pray over you and bless you if you need prayer this morning do not leave until you come in here and let them minister to you but I want everybody to turn their palms up right? I want to bless you Father in Jesus name Father we bind Lord the spirit of Esau the spirit dear God that we have skills we don't know how to use those skills to be productive in our lives and God, we remove that. And God, we receive God. We receive God, the Spirit, Lord, that of, of Simon Peter, Lord. That God, may we have the, the will to hear God. May we be Simon that we can hear. But at the same time, may we be the rock, Lord, that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. I release it right now. I release powerful revelation, Lord. And the revelation that we receive. May we be fruitful and may we multiply and may we subdue anything that's tied to stop the productivity of our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you Wednesday night, okay? We hope you enjoyed this message from our weekend experience. If you want to partner with us as we see lives changed and God's kingdom advanced, you can donate through our website, highestpriestchurch.com. And if you would like to stay up to date with all that God is doing here, be sure to follow us on Instagram at highest.praisechurch and like us on Facebook at Highest Praise Church. We can't wait to see you soon.